0: Welcome to the Beyond the Pearls podcast based on the Morning Report series from Elsevier. This podcast has been adapted for audio in collaboration with series editor Dr. Raj Dasgupta, as well as the volume editor for each book. Each episode features an in depth case dissection format and aims to deliver practical, concise and easy to digest information. And now here's today's episode. Uh, Let's do another question. I think we have room for one or two more maybe. 24-year-old woman presents with several years of excessive daytime sleepiness associated with bilateral lower extremity weakness percepted by laughter. How cliche. I'm referring about what? Cataplex. Her typical bedtime is 10.30 p.m. with a subjective total sleep time of 8 hours on most nights. She has no medical problems and takes no meds following a relatively normal overnight psg and mslt demonstrates a mean sleep latency of three minutes wow and three sleep onset rem periods of the four naps usually mslt could be up to five naps but they probably stopped it because they already got three naps. you know what i mean with uh, with three sleep onset rem periods supporting the diagnosis of narcolepsy so she's treated with modafinil 200 milligrams taken each morning Uh, And that was later increased to 400 milligrams of modafinil. And they take that in the morning. Modafinil can be broken up. They could do 200 and 200. I mean, they've just taken 400 in the morning. So after four weeks of therapy, she continues to have significant residual daytime sleepiness, as well as cataplexy. Which of the following could you recommend to better treat this patient's cataplexy as well as excessive daytime sleepiness. So you could do choice A, crank up the modafinil from 400 from once a day to twice a day. You could add amphetamine or dextroamphetamine, that means some Ritalin or Adderall. You could add something called sodium oxabate, I guess it that goes by the brand name Xyrem. Uh, you could D, add methylphenidate SR sustained release, uh, something like a Concerta brand name, or dextroamphetamine XR, which is extended-release Adderall. All right, what do you think is going to be the right answer here? Yeah, I think the main reason why I put this here is because when we talk about narcolepsy, we really want to address you know, three main symptoms. The most common is going to be excessive daytime sleepiness. The second thing are going to be the accessory symptoms of narcolepsy. You know, sleep paralysis, visual hallucinations upon falling asleep, and of course, the cataplexy being the most important. The last thing is going to be, you know, people with narcolepsy, everyone has a stereotype that they're sleeping all the time, but they're not. They have horrible sleep at night. Because what is narcolepsy dysregulation of sleep and wake cycles? When they should be sleeping, they're going to be awake. And when they should be awake, they're going to be what? Sleeping. So, you know, this patient's symptoms are really talking about cataplexy as well as, as the excessive daytime sleepiness. So anything that strictly just says, crank up you know, the, 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 the stimulant just seems to be the wrong answer. Especially choice A, for those who don't know, modafinil it's pretty much maxed out at 400 milligrams. I don't know about you folks, you could put in the chat, I really haven't prescribed modafinil 800 milligrams daily. So, but it's still not going to be addressing what? The cataplexy. So, even if you didn't know what sodium oxybate is, the answer is what? C. So, let's talk about this. You know, I think this may be the last thing I get a chance to go over. We'll, we'll see. But really, I want to talk about medications for narcolepsy, okay? And the two things they're going to ask you on the board exams are going to be, does it treat the sleepiness? Does it treat the cataplexy? And look at this. I mean, I'm really happy for narcolepsy patients. We suddenly have a lot more things to offer, you know, and, and it makes me happy. So let me just say this now so I can feel good about myself. You know, the first thing you do for narcolepsy is not be a drug pusher. It's going to be lifestyle modifications. You know, it's going to be giving him cognitive behavioral therapy, making sure you encourage strategic napping. Yes. So let's talk about medications that we could use. So you could use Modafinil. The main way it works, and I'll be honest, we don't know 100% how it works, is it inhibits dopamine reuptake. So you get more dopamine, which is an alerting neurotransmitter. When we think about modafinil, you got to be careful with patients who are sulfur allergic. When you give modafinil, it causes GI upset. It causes headaches, which is why you want to slowly uptitrate the dose. Um, if you're going to be a woman, you got to be on uh, birth control, sometimes double birth control, and you really want to avoid what birth control? Estrogen. But why is because you know it, it makes the estrogen less efficacious, and modafinil. Definitely is tetarogenic. And if you're on estrogen for birth control, it may not make the birth control effective. So, you know, you want to cancel those things. Uh, Modafinil, usually I start off with, you know, 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams once a day, then I make it twice a day. Usually the ceiling goes to around 400. It definitely treats the sleepiness, but it has no effect on the cataplexy. Armodafinil goes by the brand name NuVigil. Uh ProVigil. And once again, same mechanism of action. It, it's a dopamine reuptake inhibitor. Treats the sleepiness, but not the cataplexy. And it's a once daily dosing drug. You know what I mean? So it's more for convenience, you know? Now we talk about brand name Sinosi. You know, so when we talk about reamphetol that Uh, It's a dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, so more dopamine, more norepinephrine, gets you more alert, you know? Um, It got the FDA approval for narcolepsy, and it definitely treats the what? The sleepiness, but not the cataplexy. And of course, we have our traditional stimulants, uh, things like Ritalin, things like Adderall, they come in short-acting, they come in long-acting, you always wanna worry about side effects with any stimulant, which is the weight loss, you wanna measure their weight, agitation, arrhythmias, hypertension. You always want to counsel them. And uh, definitely, uh, do we still use Ritalin and Adderall? The answer is yes, definitely. They treat the sleepiness without the cataplexy. Now this one, Ptolecent, I'm going to guarantee, and I rarely make guarantees, this is definitely going to be on your board exams. So when we talk about um, Ptolecent, it goes by the brand name Wakex and keep it simple you know what i mean you know histamine is an alerting neurotransmitter it is that's why when you give antihistamines it makes you sleepy so it's really a histamine agonist the way i kind of think about it and it's not a narcotic so you don't have to go through all the different steps to you know to prescribe the medication which is great it's non-narcotic and it treats the sleepiness but it also treats the cataplexy and it recently got the fda approval for cataplexy so please know that for the boards oxabates now when we talk about the oxabates that's a whole category of drugs right now so there is going to be what are oxabates well there's sodium oxabate and then we have these and that goes by the brand name uh There's also something called side Wave, which is low sodium oxabates, and that also carries potassium and calcium and all these different things. But the key message is that you know sodium oxybate is the metabolite breakdown product of G H B gamma hydroxybutyrate. And of course in the nineteen seventies people were using G H B for, for weightlifting and weight building and bodybuilding. But then of course in the eighties and nineties, people use it for horrible, horrible things. It's, it's associated with the date rape drug. And the key thing that people always ask me is, well, how does sodium oxybate, you know, keep you, make you alert if you're knocking you out? Well, of course, when you give sodium oxybate, Xyrem, you have to give it twice, you have to take it. Number one, choose your patients wisely. It's the take home message. Be careful of depression, be careful of weight issues. Sodium oxybate tastes like poo-poo, it's so salty. It dehydrates you. You got to drink water all the time. You got to take it when you're in bed. You can't eat or drink two hours before going to sleep. You have to take a second dose, you know, uh, a couple of hours later. And how does it work? Well, it works on the GABA-B receptor. And that's going to be very important. And how what it does it do is that, you know, remember with narcolepsy, people will have inappropriate awakenings at night. And when you activate the GABA-B receptor, it prevents the release of dopamine and norepinephrine but you are still making it. So what happens at night, you're not releasing it so you can get good sleep. But then when the drug wears off, what's going to happen, you get this robust release of dopamine and norepinephrine that it stimulates you during the day. And it also helps out with sleep at night. So that's why you have the daytime alertness. So the oxabates, now, you know, xyrim and Zywave are both twice a night, same side effect profile, except, you know, um, Zywave is low sodium. You know, um, there was supposed to be a one a once nightly oxabate out there. I don't know if it got FDA approval yet. That would be nice. But oxabates treat both the excessive daytime sleepiness and the cataplexy, which is why it's the right answer on that question. When we talk about SSRIs, SNRIs, TCAs, they're non FDA approved. You know what I mean? But they suppress REM sleep. But they suppress REM sleep, so it treats the cataplexy, but not the sleepiness. Now, I promise this will be the last thing I talk about because I'm looking at the time, and I just can't believe how I don't stop talking. I wanted to talk about medications for idiopathic hypersomnia. Why? It's such a highly tested thing on the board exams. It just is. You know what I mean? And nowadays, with all the strict criteria to make the diagnosis, you really, really do want to make sure these patients truly have idiopathic hypersomnia. So truth be told is that there are very few things that are FDA approved for idiopathic hypersomnia and you could ask one of my my sleep fellows you know she was staffing a case with me the other day and there's really not a lot of things that insurance is going to approve when we talk about idiopathic hypersomnia so we could use things like modafinil there have been some randomized controlled trials only two of them it does help out when we talk about the daytime sleepiness but it's not FDA approved for idiopathic hypersomnia You can use Armodafinil because that's one daily dosing. But once again, it's not approved for idiopathic hypersomnia, nor has there been any studies specifically with Armodafinil. We could talk about Cynosi, the medication that we just talked about in regards to narcolepsy. It's not wrong to try idiopathic hypersomnia, but it wasn't studied in that yet, and it didn't get the FDA approval. Of course, when we talk about methylphenidates and amphetamines, that they're just, you know, they've been used for so long. You know what I mean? Clinical series suggests benefit, but if you're asking me the letter of the law, are they FDA approved when we talk about idiopathic hypersomnia, the answer is no, you know? And pitolisant, which is gonna be that histamine what? Agonist? I do want to say that, you know, there were some series out there that may suggest that there's going to be some benefits for idiopathic hypersomnia. I know there was an article in chest that came out, you know what I mean? But, you know, really it didn't get the FDA approval and it's even hard to get, you know, patolacin wakex for my narcolepsy patients. Can you imagine trying to get this for patients with idiopathic hypersomnia? But why do I, you know, like patolacin? Number one, it's not a A FDA-regulated narcotic. It's easy to write for my patients, you know? And of course, when you take ptollasone, you have to titrate it to the the higher dose. Now, oxabates, you know, I really wanted to update this slide a little bit because I wrote down randomized controlled publication is pending, and those trials are in. And those publications did show benefit for excessive daytime sleepiness in people with, you know, idiopathic hypersomnia, And now finally, low sodium oxabate, which is Zywave, got the F d a approval for idiopathic hypersomnia but remember these oxabates it's scary putting patients on them you got to make sure it's the right patient remember this is part of that whole date rape drug you know stigma so i think that's why we really want to make sure we make the right diagnosis of idiopathic hypersomnia now that we have all this new criteria now i would be very careful before we start giving patients you know low sodium oxabate because it's a drug of abuse you know And the last thing i wanted to mention down here is it's not a typo i I think i got this question wrong on my board exams too clarithromycin yep the macrolide antibiotic they're small and i should put very small randomized controlled trials that show benefit in excessive daytime sleepiness you know so it's something to think about but of course it has side effects macrolides Prolongate the QT interval. You're you're giving an antibiotic. You're going to be you know knocking off some of your flora. But if you're really bullied into a corner, I mean, there are small randomized control trials showing this. I'm looking at the time. I only got like what four minutes left. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. If you there's there was a question, a couple questions in the Q and A that I accidentally moved to answered. Oh. if you could take a look at those real quick they were oh. uh, about the uh earlier part of the lecture sure um so don't I don't see those. any oh, let me see answered oh I see it now okay um oh so number one about decreased receptor sensitivity in uh, RAM or non-RAM um no problem Mark thank you for asking this question you know back to the slide I was showing you that when are you going to have the best sensitivity of these uh chemoreceptors remember the peripheral chemoreceptors sense what S- dissolve co2 and dissolve o2 that's when we're awake right now and when we fall asleep uh, sensitivity to these receptors definitely decrease but they decrease the most in rem sleep and this is why we tend uh not to see um central sleep apnea in rem sleep we see it more in what non-REM great question um will we have access to your slides. Can you reshow the first two slides? Um, wow, you really enjoyed the presentation. So the answer is um, the Pass Machine API. I don't know the rules, but they, they kind of own most of this now because I'm part of their their posse. Um, I will, when I get off, I'll ask if they could go back to the first couple slides for you. It's not a problem. But thank you for listening the whole time. I'm, I'm really happy. And back to my goodbyes. Um, Get a hold of me and I'm more than happy to, you know, answer questions. I always pull up articles and pearls on my uh, social media. Listen to my two podcasts, the Beyond the Pearls podcast and on the Dr. Raj podcast, really about just awesome stories and cases and really wonderful things. So anyways, thank you everyone for listening and good luck on your boards. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Pearls podcast from inside the boards. This podcast is executive produced by Christopher Brightigan and Dr. Patrick Beatman. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Ars longa, Vita brevis.